0: Thank you, Brother Pounders. And would you put your hands together and let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Praise God. Let's lift Jesus up a little bit right now, would you? Hallelujah. Would you stand and let's just praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, lift him up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank the Lord for what I feel in His service right now. Amen. God is in the midst of His people. Amen. And I think if there's ever been a time that we need to have a very strong conviction of that, it's today. There's a lot about the book of Revelation I may not understand. There's one thing that I deeply appreciate about what John wrote. And that's that throughout the whole book, it profoundly exalts the sovereignty of God. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, God is always in control. No matter where His church is, what she's going through, He is always there. Amen. In 1 and 18, it's He that was dead but is alive evermore. In 5 and 5, it's the Lion of the tribe of Judah that has prevailed. 16 and 7, it's the Lord God Almighty, true and righteous. 19 and 11, it's the faithful and true. 19 and 16 he comes on the scene as the king of kings and the lord of lords there were other kings but not one like this one there were other lords but there'll never be another one like this one Amen. I believe if there's anything that we need to leave this service with today, it's a deeper conviction that God is in control. It don't matter where you are in your walk with God or what you're going through. Amen. We may have all come to this congregation with apprehensions and problems and fears and doubts. Amen. And we're worrying about the course of our world and our government, maybe our organization, maybe your local church. But I want to tell you tonight that God is still sitting where He's always said, and that's on the throne of heaven. Heaven. And I don't care how you feel today Amen When you leave this tabernacle He'll still be on that throne Hallelujah Oh, can we join the chorus That says the Lord God omnipotent Reign it Oh, would you praise it? Would you praise it? Hallelujah Praise the Lord The book of Psalms Chapter 142 Amen. I appreciate our great district and I thank God for this state and every church, every minister in our fellowship. This district's given me so much. It's the place I received the Holy Ghost It gave me a tremendous pastor, local church to be reared in next to the gift of the Holy Ghost. I guess the next precious gift it gave me was a beautiful wife. And I certainly am a debtor to this district and I love it. Every part of it, every person in it. Amen. I want God to bless it richly. Can you say amen? Psalm 142, seventh verse begins, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. Would you read that with me? Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. Amen. I want to talk to us today. I don't know if, if I can really capture the essence of what I want to talk about in just a simple title. But I want to talk about how our emotions can imprison our spirit when God doesn't meet our expectations. Amen. And I believe there are so many people here today that may be wrestling with your emotions, unable to praise God like you would like to. Because God may not have come through for you in a certain thing. But I still want you to know He loves you. And He is on the throne today. And we need to praise Him. Regardless of how you feel, we need to praise Him. Would you do that right now? Hallelujah. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, minister today. Let your spirit prevail. Let your spirit prevail. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and tell your neighbor how pretty they are, and uh, you can be seated. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. <laughs> Amen. I was trying not to turn around and look. They got to talking about all these fat and old people. And uh, I certainly don't have anything that identifies me with them. <laughs> Amen. Let everyone say praise the, praise the Lord. I think for us to relate to the sentiments expressed by David in this passage of Scripture, I think it's very important that we first understand a person does not have to be incarcerated by walls of stone or bars of iron to be a prisoner to be bound, you do not have to have physical restraints. It's possible for an individual to feel restrained, inhibited, controlled or bound by forces that are neither physical or visible, but yet are very real. They're very powerful and at times very painful. The apostle Paul closes his first epistle to the Thessalonians. By saying, in the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. And he speaks of what he means by that term. He said, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul focuses our attention on the fact that a man is more than just a physical being. It's more than muscle and bone. That, that makes you what you are. It's more than the fact that you have a soul. There is a part of you that is emotional. Amen. It is emotional. Emotions are as much a natural part of our human composition as are our limbs or our organs, our eyes, our ears, or any other part that functions in this body. God equipped us with emotions just as much as He did any other part of the human anatomy amen god created us this way to be able to feel and to respond with feelings to any situation and then god stepped back and said it is good amen there's nothing wrong with emotions amen the bible certainly is not silent regarding this subject the apostle paul wrote to the ephesians be ye angry and sin not He makes a distinction between emotion and sin. To feel emotion is not a sin. Amen. To experience anger in itself is not a sin. Jesus himself experienced emotion when he cleansed the temple. Amen. Yet Peter said he did no sin. Amen. To feel emotion is one thing. Amen. But to allow an emotion to become so deeply entrenched into your spirit that it controls you. That it commands you. That it enslaves you. Amen. That it embitters you. That it impairs your sense of reason. And silences the voice of conscience. This is a sin. To know to do good and not do it. Regardless of how you feel. Is sin. I've seen husbands and wives that... Became so emotionally entangled in their emotions over a disagreement. They could no longer communicate. They could no longer show affection. Because their emotions had their spirits all tied in knots. I've seen dear saints of God become so emotionally tied to an opinion. They would be willing to split a church. Rather than humble themselves in repentance. Repentance. I've seen ministers, and I thank God for our fellowship, but I have seen men become so emotionally attached to resolutions at conference time that they could never enter into a service during conference and leave that meeting blessed of God because of their emotions. Emotions are not wrong or sinful unless you allow them to control you. I think that we as human beings struggle with the tendency of becoming too absorbed in our emotions. Amen. Emotions that, if allowed, will control us. Emotions, if allowed, will hinder our faith in the sovereignty of God. Amen. At critical junctures in our life. Emotions which are powerful enough to so overwhelm the human spirit that it seems trapped and unable to escape the gravity of the experience through which it is passing and find the strength and renewal it so desperately needs by praising and worshiping its creator. Amen. I'm here to tell you today, we need a fresh understanding. We need a fresh revelation of how important it is to continuously praise and worship our God oh would you clap your hands and love him hallelujah oh praise his name i believe it's the devil's business as with job to create adversity for a child of god and in the process make the situation appear so hopeless that they abandon themselves to their emotions and sit down and grieve and worry and pout and become so absorbed in the emotion of the experience that they cannot find their way to God through worship and praise. It's a tactic of the devil to cut us off from the joy of the Lord where we get our strength. Amen. I said it's a tactic of the devil to cut us off from the joy of the Lord. Amen. From which comes our strength. Amen. We need praise and we need worship. Amen. We need to keep the are burning in the old tabernacle and let God reign and rule. Amen, even when you're down and out, even when you're discouraged, even when you feel alone. He's worthy. He's worthy. Like yeah. 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 job. job unless we learn to worship through our pain we may not find the overcoming power and strength to free ourselves from the gravity of the experience. We certainly need God's help and strength in the day that we're living in. Can you say amen? Amen. In 1812, the French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte attacked Russia with 450,000 soldiers. Because no land served as obstacles to stop him, the French army had a clear path to Moscow. When the Russians had to rely on nothing else, they had their physical geography to, to rely on as a land barrier. They retreated as Napoleon advanced, and they lured him farther and farther into the Russian interior. And when winter came, Napoleon found himself and his army trapped deep in enemy territory and cut off from their European supply lines. When the winter season struck, the French army with all of its ferocity, as early as November, the snow was six feet deep and the temperature fell to below 20 degrees below zero. Napoleon, after realizing the futility of his attempt, he, he drifted back over the border into Poland with the few st- soldiers that he had remaining. And in retrospect, Napoleon said, We are victims of the climate. It wasn't the military prowess of the French army or the Russians, I mean. It wasn't their military might that defeated Napoleon Bonaparte. It wasn't their, their, their intelligence or their might or their strength that defeated him. It was a difficult climate. Amen. It was a climate that he and his army could not cope with. Amen. When Jesus spoke of the end time he said iniquity would abound. When Paul spoke of the end time in his final correspondence to Timothy he said this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Some other translations provide enormous clarity into the meaning of that verse. The 20th century New Testament said in the last days difficult times will come. The revised standards said, there will come times of stress. Good speech said, there are going to be hard times. The Amplified Bible said, there will be times of great stress and trouble. Amen. i am come to this congregation this afternoon to tell you Amen, that if false doctrine and worldliness has slain its thousands, I'm here to tell you that the pressure of the end time is going to slay its tens of thousands if we don't learn how to cope with our stress and our problems and in the process praise and worship our God oh would you love him when things are not going as you had planned when things aren't going as you had expected when life takes a turn for the worse the only thing that will keep you close to God sometimes is the ability to stand even in the absence of understanding why still be able to worship him and praise him and realize down deep in your heart that my little world may be in a mess, but he's got his big world in his hands and everything's going to be all right. Oh, would you praise him right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many probably in this meeting today that are struggling different areas of your life with unfulfilled expectations. Even hey, our text stems from the experiences of David while being pursued by Saul. He flees to the cave of Adullam, where the 142nd Psalm is believed to have been born. The 142nd Psalm in its entirety is the prayer of a desperate man. A man whose life at this point has ceased to make sense. It's the cry of a human being that is trapped in the web of his emotions. Struggling to understand, confused somewhere. His heart is suspended between confusion and conviction. He wants to believe God is in control, but life has a way a man of bringing about emotions that will ravage your faith in God's sovereignty at a critical juncture in your life in spite of how you may want to believe Amen, life has a way of calling into question everything you've ever believed, everything you've ever held to as a form of conviction or a belief or a principle by which you've always believed that God is operated Amen, when things prove to the contrary when things are inconsistent with what you believe, Amen, it's easy to let your emotions overwhelm your spirit and your spirit feel bound and your spirit feel imprisoned amen your spirit though it knows it should worship and praise God it cannot (laughs) David prays that God would free him from a certain prison encased in a cave that's not his prison those walls of stone do not restrain him I believe a person can praise God in a cave or a dungeon The apostle paul and silas prove that amen pleasant circumstances do very little to strengthen the ability of a person to praise god if they really have it in their heart i believe people can praise god from a hospital bed dying of cancer I believe God, people can praise God in the middle of a divorce court, in a bitter custody battle. I believe people can praise God in the worst of circumstances. Amen. I believe people can praise God with one foot in the grave. Amen. I believe you can praise God when your church is going through trouble. I believe you can praise God when your pastorate seems unsettled. Amen. I believe you can praise God when it don't seem like revival's coming. I still believe we should praise Him. Amen. We've got to understand this principle. If the devil cuts us off from praise and worship he deprives us of the joy of the Lord that gives us strength oh would you praise him would you love him would you love him hallelujah There's a form of restraint placed on David that he feels. And that restraint deprives him of the liberty to praise God. David is not a novice when it comes to the subject of praising God. Most of what we know about praising God through expressions, we've learned from his writing. He's not a novice. He knows how. He's not ignorant of the methods. He knows how. He could clap his hands. <laughs> If he did not have this feeling to contend with. He could lift his hands freely. If he did not have these feelings to contend with. He's not shackled that his feet can't dance. You see the David praise transcends the need for just expression. It's got to be something issuing from a heart that's thankful. A heart that sees the hand of God at work. A heart that can see through the cloud. And even though heaven seems brass, somehow that heart has got to be convinced that God is in control of my life. And at this point in David's life, that confidence is eroding away. At this point in his life, it would seem that he's struggling with emotions. That are calling into question his faith in God's sovereignty. Amen. He wants to believe God is in control. He needs to believe God is in control. Amen. But yet his emotions, amen, take control of his mind. Amen. And he's confused. His emotions take control of his spirit and he cannot command his will. Amen. There's something in this text. I believe we've got to understand today as we near the coming of the Lord, our pressures will increase. Our disappointments will increase. Amen. I believe in end time revival but I also believe that we can go through tribulation at the same time not the great tribulation but tribulation the same God that said I'll pour out my spirit said in the world you shall have tribulation we can't divorce ourselves from it it's a part of our lifestyle we must learn to cope with it would you praise him (laughs) oh God David knows how, but he lacks that conviction that God is in control. There was a time he had that feeling. Back when he was a young shepherd boy, he could relate to the feelings of security. Knowing that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Fear doesn't control my life because I know God is my shepherd. He watches over me. You oh, know, it's easy to praise God when you've got that kind of Confidence. Oh, isn't it easy? Times when he faced the lion and the bear. Time, The time when he knew that the stone that fell Goliath wasn't as much a part of his skill as it was an act of God's providence in his life. He knew that God was in control. It's so easy to praise God when that conviction is strong. Praise God. Could the congregation say, praise the Lord. Praise seems to come spontaneously when the human spirit is so confident in God's sovereignty and the fact that God is there and God's hand is in control of what you're going through. But it's when there is the absence of that confidence that it makes it so difficult for the heart to feel thankful, for the heart to relate to a God that would allow it to feel pain, for a heart to relate to a God that said He loves you and yet He lets you walk alone. Amen. For a heart to respond to a God that said, I'll go with you all the way and yet That you feel so lonely and so forsaken and so betrayed amen when things aren't going the way we had planned amen praise becomes so difficult but I want to preach to us today it's still essential even though it's difficult it's essential to your spiritual survival David sits in the cave and no doubt his mind drifts back many years the day when he had been sent for by Jesse, running back to his father's house, he sees a man standing there with all of his brethren and Jesse talking. David possibly slows his race to a, a walk trying to figure out what's going on because he knows that's Samuel the prophet. David walks up and the Spirit of God speaks to Samuel, says this is he anointing." him. Samuel anoints David king over Israel. He has never forgotten that day. He's never been able to get away from the feeling that overtook him. The strong confidence that God had a plan for his life. The strong assurance that God was in control. That God had noticed him. That God was aware of his love and devotion. That God would exalt him to the throne of his people. But it's been years now. David's never stopped dreaming about it. He's lived for it every day since. He's hoped and he's dreamed. He's longed for the day when God would elevate him to that throne. But today he stands in a cave confused because he doesn't understand why God hasn't done it yet. Have you ever gone through your life with expectations that you just knew God was going to meet? Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt like God was unquestionably in control? Only for another period of time to lapse and all of those feelings become unsettled? Your heart feels so shattered? If you've ever been there, then you can crawl into our text today and you can relate to what David is saying. Because this is a man that is struggling in his heart. Because he's built his whole life on expectations made that God, on, on a promise that God made him, I will exalt you to the throne of your people. Amen. And yet life has taught David a lesson. Amen. Maybe, maybe God is going to do it, but I don't understand why he hasn't done it yet. Amen. I don't know. God could change the circumstances in my life, and I just don't understand why he hasn't. Amen. I want to tell you, some of the greatest trauma you'll ever go through as a Christian is the shock of being sick when the Bible said, I am the Lord. Thy God, that healeth thee. Amen. Going through it with one foot in the grave, it will unsettle you like nothing else. (laughs) Serve God and build your whole life on a promise that said, if you'll pay your tithing, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Always shout about that because there is joy in giving. Have you ever noticed the shift in the way you feel when you lose your job? When they come take your car away, when you get the notice that you've got one more month, are they going to seize your home? All of that joy is overtaken by your emotions, feelings that captivate you. You walk in the church and you don't feel like you used to. You used to would get in the prayer rooms and pray with the best of them, but you don't feel like praying anymore. You used to get in the service and you used to worship and praise God with the best of them. But you don't do that anymore. Amen. Amen. Dr. James Dobson in in his recent book said there's no greater distress in human experience than to build one's entire way of life on a certain theological understanding and then have it collapse at a time of unusual stress and strain. Amen. To walk through life believing. Amen. That God answers prayer. And then like Paul, to have a thorn in your life and God won't talk to you. God won't explain why. God won't tell you why it's there. He'll just tell you live with it, bear with it, cope with it. I've seen people backslide not because of a love for the world, because they could not cope with their problems and still praise and worship God at the same time. Just let the way they feel about what they're going through just captivate them. Hold them bound. Go to church and preach to them. All they can think about is their problem. Amen. Go to the prayer room. Kneel down and go through the motions. But all they can think about is their problems. Go through a praise service and they lift their hands. But all they're doing is thinking about their problem. Amen. Your body may be going through the physical aspects. Amen. But what about the emotional part of you? What about the spiritual part of you that needs to get something from God? Amen. You're not in your praise and worship amen, until you escape. You're emotions oh come on praise him praise him praise him hallelujah hallelujah come on praise him congregation lift him up Hallelujah. I believe the Lord Jesus wants to minister this afternoon. Amen. I believe He wants to talk to hearts and lift your spirit out of your emotion. Amen. God wants to bless you and renew your strength. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Every preacher here tonight knows what it feels like to be so bound by church problems that you can't preach effectively. You can't lead effectively because of your emotions. Oh, emotions become such a prison. They box you in. They're like a web of a spider. The more you fight them at times, it seems the more entangled you become. Oh, I believe God in an act of His sovereign grace would like to reach down His hand today. And set us free from those things that inhibit us. And deprive us of those deep refreshings of His presence. Oh, I believe there are people here today. Amen. You're going through something. Amen. You're suffering. You're in pain. Amen. You're not held by chains and fetters. Amen. Nobody's holding you back. Amen. But your emotions. Your emotions. Amen. I'm telling you today. Amen. They'll bind you. They'll imprison you. They'll rob you of the glory and the power of God. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Things seem to become illogical and don't make sense. Things are inconsistent with what you've been taught or you've believed. Emotions get a hold of you. Emotions. Distress, depression, discouragement, fear, grief. Oh, emotions. I wonder what kind of a revival our church, our districts could experience if saints of God could just learn that problems are a part of life. (laughs) The only way to get away from problems is to die. Amen. But somehow the only, the only thing that's going to help you, amen, endure your problems is to keep that relationship with God strong through your praise and your worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. If the devil can box you in with your disappointment and make you sit down and have a pity party at church, he's going to rob you of your joy. Hallelujah, pastor. If the devil can box you in with your church problems and get you discouraged with your pastor, he'll rob you of revival. Amen. I believe it today. We need to get free of it and praise him and worship him and believe it. He's in Come on, praise him Praise him Hallelujah uh, He come out of a shot to high Hallelujah You're not the first one that's ever been there Go to that prison, Herod's prison. Talk to John the Baptist. Spend your life preaching. Spend your life giving it to God. End up in a prison. Was it supposed to end like this? I didn't think so. I didn't expect so. Lord, are you He? Oh, it's such an unsettling thing when life begins to call into question everything you've ever believed. Hmm... <laughs> Come on. I'm preaching to people that are in financial distress today. I'm preaching to some folks whose marriage is in distress today. I'm preaching to a pastor whose church is in distress today. Amen. You're questioning God's sovereignty in your heart. Amen. Uh, You say, I'd never do it, Brother Wishton. Yes, you would. If you won't praise Him and you won't worship Him, you're questioning His sovereignty. If you won't lead your church in praise and worship, you're questioning His sovereignty. If you won't pray without an answer, you're questioning His sovereignty. Hallelujah. I travel the road to Emmaus, walk up to those two discouraged men who have become so absorbed in their emotion they can't even be sensitive enough to God to feel him when he walks up. We shout and sing about resurrection power and it was inches away from their depression and they couldn't recognize it. So absorbed in their depression, their discouragement, their disappointment. Oh, we trusted that it had been He. We believed in Him. All the words that He spoke, now they seem so contrived and untrue. Everything that He taught us, amen, we don't know whether to believe it or not anymore. Amen, life is that way. Amen, but greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. If you can keep Him on the throne of your heart and keep your feelings subject to Him, you can make it. I said you can make it. Martha and Mary almost missed out one of the greatest events of Scripture. Lord, if you'd only been here, if you'd only lived up to our expectations, we wouldn't feel like we feel. If you'd just been here and we timed it for you to be here, we wouldn't be wrestling with this pain. Jesus looked at them and said, Your brother's going to live again. Oh, I know he will at the last day, Lord. Jesus said, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this, Martha? (laughs) Even in your pain, can you believe me? (laughs) Even in your sorrow, can you believe me? Even when I didn't live up to your expectations, even when I'm a little late coming through, can you still believe me? Can you still hold on to me? Amen, Martha, I'm telling you, if you don't let your emotions run away with you, you're fixing to see something great. If you don't let your emotions deprive you of it, you're fixing to see something very few eyes will ever see. Martha, get loose from your emotions and you'll see the glory of God. you praise Him! Ah. Mm. Hallelujah. Paul said, now we see through a glass darkly. I think one of the greatest achievements in a Christian's walk is to get mature enough to accept partial understanding. You may never understand the big picture. But it's such a mark of maturity. To be able to love him and praise him and worship him. Even when you can only say I know in part. I trust you with what I don't know. I trust you with what I don't understand. I trust you when my life doesn't make sense. When you don't live up to my expectations. When my church doesn't feel every need. When my pastor disappoints me. God I trust you. With the prayers you've never answered with the children you've never saved i trust you with the marriage that's in shambles i trust you amen i trust you amen when my church looks like it's headed for a split i trust you i know in part but i trust you for the rest that's why paul said in everything give thanks in everything give thanks we only loved him during the experiences we understood, we'd probably only love him half the time. Maybe that's why Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. There was a poem made popular by Cory ten Boom years ago that said, My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I do not choose the colors. He worketh steadily. Of times he weaves sorrow and I, in foolish pride. Forget he sees the upper and I, the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly. Will God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads were as needful in the skillful weaver's hand as the threads of gold and silver. And the pattern he has planned. Oh, I only see the underside. It looks like a mass of entangled threads to me. God, I've got to remember you see the top side. And to you, this makes sense. (laughs) To you, this is all coming together. But to me, it's confusing. (laughs) Oh, would you stand? Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. David pled with God for the liberty to praise Him in the absence of understanding. God, if You'll just cut me loose from these feelings, I'll praise You. If You'll just release me from the reasoning that says life has to make sense before You're worthy to be praised, I can praise You in the absence of understanding. Oh... We may not understand a lot that we're going through. We may not know why God doesn't heal us, or we may not understand why God doesn't live up to our expectations, but we must go to our grave believing that all things are working together for good to them that love God. We need to go to the grave with faith like the three Hebrew children that told the king, I know God can deliver me, and I expect him to. But if he don't, I'm not bowing and I'm not giving up this conviction that he's worthy. He's the only wise God and he's in control of my life. Oh, we need faith like Habakkuk. Who said, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. All things are going like I want them to. But I'm not going to let it stop me from praising Him. I'm not going to let it stop me from worshiping Him and loving Him and believing He's in control. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I feel the Lord today. Lift Him up. Lift Him up. God give us faith like Job who not only could see God's sovereignty when God was giving but even when God was taking it back (laughs) the Lord giveth and when he's taken away use the same word the Lord taketh away bless it (laughs) he may have taken it life's gone haywall for me I don't understand it but blessed blessed though he slay me I'm all I've got left and if he kills me too I'm going to maintain my integrity I'm going to trust him I may not understand what I'm going through I may not have an answer I may not have complete understanding but blessed be the name of the Lord he still rules and he still reigns would you love him? Would you love Him? Oh, would you let the Holy Ghost move right now? Hallelujah! Would you let the Holy Ghost minister to you and lift you up and set you free from those emotions? Oh.